Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring the experiences of people living with and or affected by sexually transmitted infections. Thank you to everyone who's liked, rated, subscribed to, and of course reviewed this podcast. All of those engagements with this platform are really useful in our growth and helping more people find these aftercare emotional support resources for after they're diagnosed with herpes or HIV, and it's helping them find it a lot sooner. So you know if you've been there before which i'm sure if you found this podcast you have you know how much of a rabbit hole it is when you do a google search of herpes and you're trying to figure out what's out there like what to do next i've gotten a lot of private messages from people and feedback just talking about how useful this podcast has been to them and it can only be more useful with more people uh, leaving reviews so that the podcast hosting websites will promote this podcast. It's not something that I'm going above and beyond to try and promote. I'm doing everything that I can on my end. And all I ask is that if you like an episode or if there was any value that you found out of this podcast at all, that you just leave a rating and review. You can do it anonymously, especially on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh, anywhere that you listen. I don't think you can do it on Spotify yet, which we are on, which is exciting. The most valuable thing you can do for this podcast at this point to support it is to leave a review and then of course share it with somebody thank you i appreciate all of the support all of the private messages that i've been getting and thank you to all of you for helping make this as useful of a tool as it is now before i introduce today's guest um i want to touch on the fact that for a while i've been expressing this sense of loneliness in this space of being a male with herpes um i just turned 30 in november so it's like i'm a 30 year old dude in this sexual education space i'm not a sex educator but in terms of like this space a lot of the people i interact with are sex educators or have some form of education in sexuality sexual health and i don't see other dudes coming from a place of like a cis hetero male here i'm very overwhelmed by feminine energies around me in this space so whenever there's an opportunity to talk to a guy on this podcast or be able to have like an exchange with the masculine that loneliness kind of goes away and I feel like connected not to say that there's nothing uh, wrong with the feminine energy it's just that shit's powerful like it, it can be overwhelming at times and I've learned that it sparks up this like attraction or some sort so I'd like to create more of a balance by having more guys on the podcast which it's a lot of different reasons that it's so challenging for us to be able to get guys on here but this is a start I sat with this I thought about it and did the meditation on it and the manifesting put it out into the universe and bam Aaron got herpes and here we are all this time later and we're able to connect here about to record this podcast so without further ado I want to introduce Aaron Sager but he'd say it a little bit different I said it with the American accent how you doing man hey brother I'm doing really well man thanks for having me by the way I didn't know this existed so it's kind of cool how this all worked out thank you for putting yourself out there and allowing yourself to be found it's so amazing you say that, like to add on to that as well. There was a period probably a year ago where I was very vocal and open about having herpes and, and just recently after connecting with you and a few other people, I've been added to all of these private closed Facebook groups and I had no idea, man, that like there was so many of these groups around and like it's cool to know that there are support systems out there. You know, especially when at first I felt like I was so alone, as I'm sure you did and, and everyone else, you know. Yeah, and they're all over the place, too. There's so many different kinds of groups. There's support groups, there's dating groups, there's kink groups, all kinds of stuff, man. And I almost feel like if all of these groups were to just combine and come together, there would be this mindset of... Whenever anyone goes to disclose to someone they meet out in a bar or wherever you'd go to meet someone, it'd be like, oh, you don't have herpes? And the whole yeah. method of disclosure just shifts. I was talking with another person the other day and I was like, if everyone who had genital herpes stood up at the same time and said, hey, look, I've got genital herpes, the stigma would disappear instantly, immediately. Because everyone would be like, oh, my best friend and my mother both have herpes. It's just so interesting how, how the stigma fuels the stigma, 
interesting. Yeah, a lot of it is very self-perpetuated, too, because as we both know, now that you're becoming more accessible to the groups, you'll probably notice it where it's just so many people who do have herpes are just living their lives and it's not a big deal to them. It's not bothering them at all. Of course, it's a minor inconvenience in the event that you do have an outbreak, but for the majority of people who do have herpes, they just don't have any reason to tell anyone else that they have it because they might already be in their relationships. These are the people who know how common it is, who've dealt with it. And for the people who open up about having herpes and they allow themselves to stay visible in this space to be of support to anyone who's newly diagnosed, those people are the only ones who are doing something really about the stigma. There's a lot of people who are just at a place of acceptance with it and there's just no need to speak on it. So we've got the most loud voices about herpes comes from a group of people who has no idea what it's like to have herpes. Essentially, the stigma is a lie, and the only people who can tell the truth about it, and in a way that would be effective through more people who are living with herpes, coming out and saying, hey, this is what the experience of having herpes is actually like. Statistically speaking, if you know six people, at least one of them has herpes. Yeah, the interesting thing as well is if you've had sex with six or more people, you've probably been exposed to herpes at some point as well. You know, it's like people seem to feel like they're bulletproof, they're immune. And this is another reason why I think this is so important is because the stigma prevents or makes other people who have herpes really, really fear disclosing. And it just perpetuates this continuous stigma where people are scared to disclose they have herpes. So they have sex with people without telling them that they have herpes. And then people they have sex with may contract herpes. And then they're scared to tell people they have herpes. And it's yeah. ongoing. You're in uh, Queensland, Australia, right? Yeah. Where you are, I've always wondered if it was different outside the U.S. I didn't have a very good sex education about herpes specifically. I remember seeing pictures of what an outbreak looks like and them saying, you don't want to have this. Don't have sex. And if you do have sex, wait till you're married. And when you have sex, when you're married, wear condoms. It was something like that. Did you guys have the banana where they put a condom over a banana? <laughs> I don't even they, think we like got the, that. No, we didn't get that. It's a joke in Australia, right? The sex ed is like, this is how you put a condom on. Yeah. You like put a condom over a banana and it's like, oh, now we know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if I'm working with a carrot stick, you know, or like a little smoky or a hot dog? Then what? Things like conversations about... Uh, how herpes is a skin-to-skin -skin contact virus or how uh, condoms don't protect the entire area. I never knew that until after I got herpes. I've come to this conclusion through the experiences of all the people I've had on the podcast that it really just takes a good scare at the very least for people to become educated about herpes. So I think that a really good April Fool's joke would be for everybody to tell their partner, hey, I have herpes, you might want to go get tested and then go through the mindfuck of what possibly having herpes oh. would be like and then on april 2nd be like oh i was just yeah. kidding and then we got a ton more of herpes experts in the world or people who are at least a little bit more compassionate towards us who do yeah. have herpes probably won't happen but that'd be a hell of a campaign to run. really i don't remember like i i know in, in australia like they have a sexual education aspect to the school system I have no fucking clue. I have no recollection of what went on. I just remember that banana thing. Like, that's all I remember. They did talk about STIs and all of that. Pretty much all of the education that I had on STIs before getting herpes was bullshit hearsay thrown around. You don't want to get herpes. You've got the clap. Just more really like stigma in, yeah. a, in a sense as well is, was my only education. And that's why when I found out I had herpes... It was literally like a someone hit me over the head with a plank <laughs> of wood, man. Let's talk about that. First, how old are you? I'm 31. When were you diagnosed? I believe I was 28. Okay. So when you were diagnosed, what was going on? So go ahead and give us like the whole spiel about when you were diagnosed, uh, what happened when you went to the doctor, and just go from there, and then yeah. I'll just ask the questions from uh, the story. At around 27 years old, 27 and a half, I... I um, came out of a long-term relationship, a six-year relationship, and I'd always been in long-term relationships. So here I was at 27, never really having a whole lot of fun or sexual experience, and at an age now where I had an established job, more confidence than I'd ever had in my life, and I was like, wow, I have an opportunity, you know, to play around here and just sort of get out there and have fun. So I did, and 
the interesting thing is, and I'll add this in because I think it's it's important to know for, for those who are engaging in sex, generally speaking, I wore protection every single time I had sex. Every single time I had sex. The condom slipped off twice that I recall over this period of about six months where I was sort of just getting out there and having fun. So it was a very big surprise to me when I first found out that I had HSV2, which is genital herpes. It was like, I should probably go get checked. You know, I should probably get the standard STI check when you're a single person and get it done. And it came back with uh, a positive blood test for HSV2. Now, I know in the US it's a bit different, but in Australia, when you get an STI test, they always check for herpes. Oh, like that's interesting. Because we've got the public health system and all that sort of stuff. But when the doctor told me, I got a letter in the mail. And you know when you get a letter in the mail from the doctors, you sort of like your palms get a little bit sweaty, right? I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Maybe it's just something. Wait, they don't call you during business hours while you're at work, so you got to step away from your desk and be away from your desk for a no. while and get that call, and then you got to go back no, to work no. and act like nothing's happening? Uh, yeah, they, they just send out a formal letter, right? They're like, dear Mr. Sega, please come into the GP at your nearest convenience. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's odd. Yeah, I go in, and the doctor turns around in his chair, and he's like, oh, hi, um, Aaron. Yeah, you've got herpes. And I'm like, what? And it was like, in that moment, I was like, no, no, that's not right. This doesn't happen to people like me. Everyone thinks that, right? This doesn't happen to people like me, whatever that means, right? So, because I hadn't had any symptoms, any obvious symptoms at this point. And it was a blood test as well, so it's not as accurate. So I went home and I started Googling the fuck out of herpes and I like convinced myself that I didn't have it because it's like, I don't have any symptoms and it's a blood test, which is not 100% accurate. And then like two weeks later, full blown fucking worst outbreak of my life. The most painful shit I've ever experienced. And I was like, okay, this is real. This is a real thing. Yeah. Now, when you had your outbreak, was it, you said type two, like we don't know the, I know type two is primarily genital and then type one is primarily oral, whatever the hell that means, you know, cause you can get either in either location. Specifically, I think a lot of guys miss outbreaks and mistake them for ingrown hairs. And I've heard this from a few women as well. And it's just like a bump or something. But for you, you knew that this was a herpes outbreak. Yeah, man, I went to the sexual health clinic, which is a, a specialized clinic for sexual health that we have in Australia, the doctor there took one look and he's like, that's herpes. No question. It was like, fuck. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that feeling when it like actually hits and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm fucked forever. <laughs> What's interesting about the doctor telling you and you've had two people tell you it's herpes, right? Yeah, one person tell me through visual seeing of it. And one person who told me through the blood test. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the women I've had on the podcast have had a different experience when they were diagnosed. Some have been shamed or some have been like given a look or something's been said to them. And yes. I think it's interesting that the doctor just says to you, that's herpes. And that's it. Like, you was there any more than that? I'll add to that, brother, because it's funny you say that. There was a trainee doctor in there too. And this trainee doctor, I wanted to slap him across the face as he said this or like just give him a punch in the nose because the trainee doctor said, oh, at least that's not AIDS. And then he said, oh, but actually AIDS is probably more treatable than herpes these days. And I'm like, just close your mouth. Did the like, doctor say anything? The doctor just ignored that altogether. Oh. Um, but the trainee doctor... You could tell he was a bit nervous about it. Luckily, I, I was too, like, too caught on having herpes to actually really listen to him. In that moment, like, he really could have made the situation a lot fucking worse. Yeah. Like, you would think you'd know better. Yeah. You're better off saying nothing at all than nothing at all. anything. So that was just an interesting side note. Just to sort of rub my face in the nerd. He's just like, oh, yeah. We can attack this stigma like at its source. When a person's diagnosed, maybe if the medical professionals had a better way of 
not necessarily holding a person's hand out of the office, but just presenting them with some sort of next step. Because when I was diagnosed, I was just told, you know, kind of like you, that's herpes. Except I didn't get the, well, at least it's not something worse or something else. It was just objectively, that's herpes. We're going to also treat you for chlamydia, gonorrhea. We'll give you that medication. And here's your prescription. You're going to have to take valcyclovir whenever you have an outbreak. After that, I would love to do the same shit you did. Go home and start Googling and stuff. What probably would be a good idea would be to actually hear from the doctor something assuring that presents research. One out of five people have herpes. Doesn't really tell me shit because I want real information. Point me into the direction of people who are living with herpes who do have it. That's it, Courtney. And the thing is, like, if you don't know anything about herpes and someone tells you you've got herpes you automatically think you've got, like, whatever the stigma is. Yes. You just think you're, like, I thought my life was fucked forever. I, I heavily contemplated suicide, and, and I know that's not uncommon because people have reached out and said the same thing. Just to add on to that, man, luckily in Australia, and I'm pretty sure this is a case for a few places in Europe and stuff like that, the health system's really good with that, like, the sexual health clinic, ignoring that trainee doctor that, that I spoke about, the doctors at the sexual health clinics in, in Australia are really good with, like, with that. They're really good. And that time when I got the outbreak, it was very helpful. The doctor there was very helpful. But still, like, you want to know this shit for yourself. You know, you want to Google it. You want to know what's actually going on. Yeah. People have different concerns, one of them being suicidal, and we want to encourage people if you're feeling any suicidal thoughts or you're having any negative emotions or you're feeling like isolated or anything like that please reach out to your support system if you know someone who may be contemplating suicide please reach out to the suicide hotline um i had a situation actually i think this is a good place to incorporate this but a girlfriend in my past and this is pre-herpes but just because we're on the topic of suicide i had to call the suicide hotline i was 200 miles away from her when she called me and left me a very weird voicemail and that voicemail led me to getting in contact with whoever I could I didn't have any of her relatives number so I just called the suicide hotline and I gave them a description of where she lived because I didn't know the address off the top of my head and fortunately they were able to get there they found her and her brother actually gave me a call and he was just grateful and like you can hear that he was crying he said you know we found her she's here she's safe now she's okay and i was just like wow you know what would have happened if that resource wasn't available you know the suicide hotline is there it's helpful it helped someone in my life and this is pre-herpes but it's relevant at this point it's so helpful and for me and i think other people can relate to this sort of when i've spoken to them about it when you find out you've got herpes, you automatically think you're like the only fucking person in the world with it. You know what I mean? Like you think, you think, oh, holy shit, I'm alone in this. The way my mind works is I can't tell a single soul about this. I didn't tell my best friends. I didn't tell my brother. I didn't tell a single person for two years because I felt like if it even leaked out and someone found out who shouldn't know, my life would be fucked. My life would be ruined. I would have to end my life. You know, that's sort of how I viewed it. And just know, like, for those who may be in that space, just know that's your mind running away with something that is not going to happen at all. The best way to get through that is podcasts like this, for sure, and just, like, seeking support from other people with herpes. And, and And know for a fact you are definitely not alone in this, like, at all. And like you can live just as good a life with herpes as without it. And people like yourself, Courtney, are like examples of this, man. Your life is like probably even better in a sense. The immediate thought that I had when I was diagnosed, and it's going on seven years now. I did the math. I had to really think about this, but it's been about seven years. One of the first thoughts that I had was shit you know who else did i give this to so i sent a few facebook messages because i didn't have everyone's phone numbers and this is embarrassing now but i had to send a few messages and i was like hey do you have herpes and everybody told me no okay well who else could it have been maybe i like gave it to myself i don't know but i think that that was a good thing that i don't know where it came from that everyone told me no because i didn't have anyone to blame at that point it was on me but you know i Thought I did everything right in most cases. I used condoms anytime I was just hooking up or if it was something casual. Like there were 
very rare instances where there was a partner that I didn't wear protection with. And to this day, none of those people have herpes, to my knowledge at least. It's a similar story from my side, bro. Like, when I found out, I went for a period of time not telling anyone Mm -hmm. and still engaging in sexual behavior because I was so, so scared of letting someone know and I was like I was wore a lot of I wore protection every time and I made sure there was no sign of an outbreak all that blah 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 yeah. um, that was a period of my life I'm not proud of but there was a point about a year and a half ago where I came out about having herpes contacted every single person that who I had their contact details of and um, let them know I had herpes and asked if they'd been checked recently to make sure they don't have it same situation, man. Every single woman came back and said, no, I don't have herpes. I, I would have never blamed someone, but there was a point where it sort of left like an open loop in my life. But really, like, it doesn't change what, what is, right? It doesn't change what it is. And, and as you said, man, sometimes it's good not to have a scapegoat, you know? Yeah. That person fucked my life up. That person, like, they caused this. And it's like, well, it is what it is. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Going back to that, because I've already talked about this too. Those are some very uncomfortable conversations to have. Before starting this podcast, I had to go and have some very uncomfortable conversations about that too. And granted, I used protection and everything. And like, my excuse was, well, you didn't ask me. But then it's at the same time, it's like, how irresponsible is it of me to not even have a conversation about sexual health at all? And it took for me to get herpes before I had any kind of a reason. Well, get herpes and then get integrity before I began to ask that question. So I want to ask you this. So in my experience, like I couldn't get it up all the way if I hadn't disclosed. It was a mental block. I would drink and things like that. And it'd be like, oh, okay, now I don't have to think about it. It just made it easier to move forward without having to disclose. And I haven't had any guys on the podcast ask about this. Did you experience that too? Do you mean if I didn't tell the woman I was sleeping with that I had herpes if I could, couldn't get it Yeah, up? like I couldn't stay present intimately yes. because it's like in the yes. back of my mind. Yes, and you just brought up something interesting, man, that I haven't really thought about in this way. But yes, I did have a similar thing happen. And I reckon that would have been a part of what it was because I wasn't disclosing to these women that I had herpes. And therefore, I felt inwardly a lack of congruence, a lack of integrity. And I know that's not who I am deep down. And so it's like my body was like, bro, this isn't who you are. And until you own who you are, the universe is like, we're going to make you think about this, yeah. you know? So it's interesting you said that, man. There were there are numerous occasions, which I've never experienced before, where I couldn't get it up, definitely. And right. it was during that time where it was all... I was starting to realize, fuck, bro, you can't keep doing this, you know? This is not you. Yeah. Um, So anyone who's having partnered sex with a person with a penis, that's something you might want to think about (laughs) have that conversation. That was a thing, for sure. In hindsight now, that led me to the understanding that sex is so much more than just physical like there's a connection that exchange of energy you know if you're not able to be consistent or in alignment with who it is that you really are if you're not able to go into it with that integrity or like the highest vibrational frequency of who you are there's just going to be incongruencies and it'll express itself maybe through your body or maybe through your emotions or maybe through your thoughts it's going to come out some kind of way and it just gives I guess what women would call creepy vibes to you, it'll just be, I'm uncomfortable. I can't really do this, but I'm going to try and muscle through it anyway. And then at the end of it, you just feel like an asshole. (laughs) You just feel like shit at the end of it. But you got what you thought you wanted. You don't know that you didn't really get what you wanted because you're not in alignment with your integrity and who it is that you really are. Yeah, and that's so true, man. And and to add on to that, you can usually feel... It's not always like a, a straightforward thing, but you can usually feel when someone's not being congruent, right? There's just this heavy energy that's like something's not right here. 
I was definitely giving that energy off during those periods. And I'm pretty sure the women I was seeing could sense it too, but they just couldn't put their finger on what it was about. You had to go back and have some uncomfortable conversations. You sent those messages and everybody came back to you and said, no, I don't have herpes. Talk to me about that process. You know, how do you go back in retrospect, have to go back and tell a partner, I had sex with you knowingly having herpes and I didn't tell you, but I'm telling you now, what's the conversation like? It was very uncomfortable. In all honesty, I wasn't that direct about saying I knowingly did it. I would do that now. But at that time in my life, I was so scared because this is like really the first time I'd been telling anyone that I'd had herpes. So I said in the messages, I think I contracted herpes around the time I was seeing you. It's probably wise that you get checked because I haven't. In some respects, that's actually true because I was in denial for a very long time that I actually had herpes. It was something I pushed under the surface. I had that initial outbreak which was like very horrendous and then I didn't get symptoms again for about six months but then I went through a period of getting a lot of symptoms but during that six months where there were no symptoms I was like maybe that's wrong maybe that's not true but yeah it was super uncomfortable man it was really fucking scary one of the scariest things I'd ever done in my life for me at that time when I'd done it it was like such a whiteness afterwards like such a feeling of dropping this weight of shame and guilt and like self-hatred and self-judgment it was like okay i don't have to hide this anymore it's very powerful to be able to walk around knowing now you don't have to worry about that anymore you don't have to worry about who's gonna find out and what are they gonna say about you because at this point in time more people will commend you for being open about having herpes for being there for others who have it for being there for people who know someone who has herpes that they can direct you to then anyone's going to be like you aren't lovable you're not going to get laid whatever it is that people say like i don't even know what the stigma is at this point anymore just because it doesn't apply to me and i'll always tell people you have to challenge the stigma which is who you now believe yourself to be for whatever fucking reason. You haven't been associated with this before doing the things that someone with herpes is supposed to do. And I use air quotes when I say all this stuff because it's bullshit. (laughs) But how is it that you've been having sex, you've had unprotected sex, or you've had multiple sexual partners, or you haven't taken a shower, and I'm throwing that in there because like that's what a dirty person would do, is just not be clean, I guess. Yeah. Why is it that now, all of a sudden, that an almost inevitable exposure of an STI gets thrown into the mix, and now you're all of a sudden all of these things? Now you have a lot of sexual partners, or now you're associated with the behaviors? When you've been doing the behaviors, why is it now bad? It's so ridiculous. The only way the stigma can have any effect on you personally, whoever's listening to this, is if you buy into it. You buy into it. And it's so funny, as you are saying, Courtney, like, I don't even feel the stigma anymore. I don't even know what that feels like to believe all of this, this illusion of society, that society's created this box of what someone who, who has herpes is. It's like when you when you disclose to people, it's like you punch the wall of the box open and then you like step outside and you're like, oh, that's just like a cardboard box yeah. that has been holding me inside completely illusion. And you just step out into the real world and all of a sudden you're a normal fucking person again because you had been the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And in often cases... When a person goes through some sort of a really challenging life situation, such as a traumatic event like being diagnosed with herpes, that changes you. And your response to it, be it whatever it may be, makes you not the same person you were because now you've got this adversity that you have to deal with. And this is typically unlike anything else anyone's ever been through. I've spoken to someone who was sexually assaulted and contracted herpes. To her, the worst thing that's probably happened to her wasn't either of those things. She talked to me and was just like, I've been much stronger because I had to deal with these things that led into the other things that I've been dealing with in my life. For us, having had to just deal with somebody finding out a secret 
Like, how crazy is that? I have herpes, and I don't want anyone to know. And you go through all of the pressure of carrying that, of being in this place of secrecy and trying to act like somebody you're not. And then all of a sudden, you get to let that shit go. And then you realize a lot of people don't even give a fuck. Like, that's the biggest thing to me is that we think so highly of ourselves that many more people are going to care a lot more than they actually do about us having herpes. And then you're like, oh, you don't care about me having herpes. And in a lot of cases, they don't even care about us. (laughs) But there are those people who, when you do open up to the right people and they just give you more love and they give you the space to just be heard and be felt and just talk and allow whatever emotions you're experiencing to come out, that feeling is the most liberating feeling to just feel safe in being who you are especially when you allow this personality that you've had to create to live inside you and just build up all this bullshit and more bullshit when you can just free up that space it's it's a new world words just don't capture i like how you said a new world courtney because it's it's literally it's a death and a rebirth of sorts the identity that you had once taken on about who you are gets completely discarded and then you come forth with the freedom to be whoever you fucking want to be. Yeah. Like that's that's the cool part about it. And the interesting thing is that freedom. January last year, I did a live video on my Facebook and I want to share this because this was like an indescribable feeling. In this live on my Facebook, this was the first time I publicly disclosed genital herpes. I think I had like 1,500 friends on Facebook. So every single person that I knew or had known saw me sharing that I had herpes. And that was one of the scariest things that I ever did in my life. The feeling, when I stopped that live video and put my phone down, I was down at the beach. I just was a new person almost instantly. I literally took 50 kilos that I'd been carrying around on my back and I tossed it aside and I felt like I could fly. There were no more secrets at all. Imagine a time where we live in a world where rather than you fearing disclosing to someone and them rejecting you, what if we're asked if we have herpes and we're able to respond in a way that's like, oh yeah, I got herpes. Oh, you don't? We just, like, completely shift the power there. It's like, everybody has herpes. Nobody doesn't have it. Now you're the weirdo, you know? Not to make that a thing at all, but just in your mind. Like, we have the power in these brains of ours to do so much more shit than we give ourselves credit for. One of which, being able to imagine ourselves to be whoever the fuck we want to be or being the kind of person that we want to be. And if we can just imagine ourselves being so confident that we can look at a person crazy for not having herpes and completely shifting the power dynamic from, oh my God, I have herpes. I hope you accept me for it to, I have herpes. I guess you're worth telling. So yeah, if you want to do this, let's go. And if you don't, that's your loss. When we can get to that place of a power dynamic, people are going to be like, hey, wait wait a minute. I want herpes too. I'll take some of that. (laughs) I'd say that as a joke, of course, but in all seriousness, you know, the confidence can be so much higher when it comes from a place of just knowing what your value is, knowing your worth. And when you can walk around, just having the assumption that everybody knows, think about it like this. Nobody can find out. What would you do with that freed up energy? What would you do with that freed up mental capacity if you're not always living your life around people not finding out that you have herpes? I'm thinking back to that time. For two years, I didn't tell anyone. The only only people I knew were the doctors that diagnosed me. Thinking back then, I just remember like, nobody can know this. And I'm just trying to relate to those people who are probably feeling this way. It's like, Nobody can know this. I'm a filthy piece of shit for having this. Like, if someone finds out my life is ruined, the only way to challenge those beliefs, because they're just beliefs, they're just thoughts that are that you can either choose to believe or, or not believe. You know, they're just thoughts. To challenge those thoughts, for me, was to start sharing with people. And when you start sharing with people, you realize... I'm just a normal person like every other normal person or I'm just like that person who has dry skin except I have a different form of a skin condition, you know, that that flares up from time to time. And then 
I gradually started sharing with more people and then started to disclose before having sex with partners and then getting the responses from them. Some of them were positive, some of them were neutral, some of them were negative. You start to realize that all of these beliefs are not actually true. Like all of these beliefs that you hold about yourself being worthless and unlovable and you deserve to die, you literally have hard evidence that they're not true. And then it got to a point for me where I just shared it with everyone. And then the beliefs were just discarded. There's evidence that it's just not real. And how much of a mind fuck is that, though, to, you know, go from I'm this person, this is who I am, I'm I'm this shitty person, no one can find out, to someone finding out, and then it just, like, it blindsides you because you're like, all this time I thought I was all of these things that are really just a stigma, and all I had to do all this time was just open up to someone close to me and say I have herpes, and to get validation that I'm not, there goes the last five years of my life. (laughs) It's crazy, I remember... Every time that I disclosed, it was like that fear. Because the first time I disclosed, the fear was so great that I was like shaking and crying as I was sharing it. Because it, it literally feels like you're you're about to die. The person you thought you were, these beliefs that you thought were true, yeah. are like you're about to prove them right. And then you share it and you're like, oh, they're completely not right at all in the slightest and that's the scariest part right it's that first that first disclosure or that first part of sharing where you feel like those beliefs are going to be proven right and then they're they're not right they're illusion just to like recommend people to push through that fear because on the other side of fear is the freedom and there's so many examples like yourself and myself who have pushed through that fear i advise anyone who's listening to this if you've probably listened to all of courtney's podcasts so far how much does Courtney give a shit that he has herpes, right? I mean, it's not at real. this point, like, the podcast is a hobby. I just happen to be able to work in a way that allows for me to record these podcasts or engage with people yeah. who send me messages and everything. So it's like, why not do it? But if it gets yes. to a point where this is no longer needed, I'm okay with that. I can just apply yeah. this stuff to other things in the world that probably could use some lessons that I've learned from hosting this. Maybe I yeah. could help a different group of people, or maybe I could find a way to help more people on a more simple, broad yeah. scale. I don't know. As long as people are still finding it useful, this is going to be a resource available to anyone who is struggling to process their way through their diagnosis. And props to you for that, bro. This is much needed and a powerful thing you're doing, bro. So thank you. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. When everybody knows and nobody can find out, it just makes life so much easier. You know, I've had partners where um, I would disclose before the first time we had sex and be like, I hope you know I have herpes. Obviously, they knew I had herpes. (laughs) So it just becomes fun. Like, it becomes a game when you can let go of all that heavy shit. It's like being supersonic. We're 30, so... You've probably had a Sega before and played Sonic and you get the fucking golden rings or emeralds, whichever Sonic you play. And you're super Sonic. Like, he doesn't even run anymore. He just glides. That's exactly what this feeling is of whenever there's a situation where I have to talk about herpes, which is, you know, often rare. I mean, in my personal life, um, it hasn't been an issue. And since what I believe to have been aligning myself with the things that are for me and having like this spiritual alignment and all that. I haven't experienced expressions of the virus, so I kind of feel like it's my own personal compass. It's my, Courtney, you need to take care of yourself, or my, keep doing the right thing, and you won't have to worry about expressions of the virus coming up telling you, hey, you fucking up. So I try to get to bed by 9, 10 o'clock every night so that I can wake up at 3, 3.30, go to the gym, work out. I go into one of my jobs where I train people, and then I do my work for uh, an ad agency that I work for. I work on that maybe four hours a day. And in between all of that, you know, I'm sending people messages on Instagram. I'm on there at H on my chest. Who People who are finding the podcast or people who just need some kind of support or may have questions. So it works. And I'm in alignment with whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And until that changes, like if I get an outbreak, I know something's got to change because this is now the routine. So figuring it out and getting into alignment with yourself and being able to live your truth and be exactly who you're supposed to be or who you want to be even. And that freedom frees me personally from expressions of the virus. 
that's what herpes wants. Herpes wants for you to be scared, for you to be private about it, because that's how it spreads. The more ashamed yes. you are, the more stressed you are. The more stressed you are, the more expressions of the virus on your body, the more susceptible you are, the lower your immune system, the more likely you are to seek external validation in some way. And maybe you'll be physical with somebody while you're under stress because you think you need connection when really you just need connection to yourself. And then, bam, skin-to-skin contacts made and herpes virus spreads. That's all any living organism wants to do. It wants to survive and reproduce by lowering our immune systems due to stress and stressing about having herpes or taking the daily antivirals as a daily reminder of, hey, you have herpes. That shit is depressing to a lot of people. And as we know, when we're depressed or we're down, our immune system's down. And it gives herpes an opportunity to present and express itself. A lot of this comes down to establishing a connection with yourself and tackle it from yeah. there. If you need additional support, you need additional help, it's out there, but we got to start in here before we can go making yes. our way out there. Yes, that's so true. And I think that's what's coming up for me now is the blessings of having herpes. I met my girlfriend after publicly disclosing, I disclosed to a large group of people in a, in a certain setting and she was one of them. And she actually first noticed me because I was so open about having herpes. How odd is that, man? Like, how, how I met my girlfriend because I was so open about having herpes. She doesn't have herpes. That openness and that confidence of, of owning it appealed to her. That's a form of um, self-acceptance and, and self-love mm-hmm. that not many people have who don't have herpes, man. Yeah, what you just said reminded me of uh, a podcast I listened to. It's called Ignite Intimacy with Laura Aisha. She, myself, and uh, Ashley Monta are going to be at South by Southwest in the United States. We're going to Austin, Texas. It's a huge festival, but we're going to do a live podcast recording on making SCI disclosure sexy. When you said what you just said about your partner noticing you on one of Laura's most recent episodes, I believe it was in the 90s, was uh, with a guest who who spoke about making yourself available and noticeable to your potential soulmate or to the people who are supposed to be attracted to you. And you have to be the kind of person who's ready to receive that. And the only way you can do that is by working on yourself to a place where you're willing to put yourself out there. You got to be seen in order to attract your tribe. I've noticed that since doing that myself, I've come into contact with a lot more people who are very supportive, people who are completely different than me as well, but we connect on a level of various causes, like goodwill type stuff. This podcast will fall under the category of sexual health. So I find myself in contact with a lot of people who work in dating, relationships, sexuality. There's gender type stuff and they're tackling a lot of social issues. And I wouldn't have been able to find these people had they not put themselves out there and they wouldn't have found me had I not been able to put myself out there. So you got to activate that light within you. And the only way to do that is just by aligning yourself. think about it like there's a a beam of light going down into a cave and you've got this crystal prism that if you place it in just the right spot all these other lights come out of it and just shoot out of it that's what you have to begin to do herpes or whatever your life situation is may be creating the color code or the crystal that is molding you and when you get that shit in alignment with the light that's supposed to be shining through you magnificence happens it's an opportunity man you know you can look at it like that for me anyway, it gave me this opportunity to actually fucking own myself entirely without any shame or guilt or regret. And when you do that, as you said, man, like when you are so confident in who you are and you don't have any like, in inverted commas, dirty little secrets or yeah. whatever it might be, you know, <laughs> in your head, people just like that are drawn to you, you know, mm-hmm. you draw other people like that towards you. Because that level of self-acceptance and self-confidence, man, is, as I said before, man, most people don't have it, whether they have herpes or not. But herpes actually, like, if you fully accept it, there is not a single fucking thing someone can say to you that can offend you. You know what I mean? 
that's where we are, man. Like, we got to build people's confidence. And I'm so grateful to have you on this podcast because, again, episode 38, self-acceptance was the actual title. And it was just me and the guy having a very similar exchange to this. He was talking about his story. And we're in a time where, and I, I've seen some of your posts, and I, I love the way that you talk. I love how, how real it is. I like the realness of it. And I'm in conversations with a lot of like powerful feminine energies about this feminine rising and how there's a need for the masculine to like step up. Like we have to change things. We got to do better, basically. And I find it metaphorically, of course, like this is how my brain processes things. But I sat with why is this episode the most listened to, the most downloaded, like significantly more than what I would consider to be the best episodes that we've ever done. And like, there's a need for this to happen. Like there's a need for this masculine exchange. There's a need for this vulnerability to occur in the masculine. I want to take this time to just be like, Hey, if there are any guys who listen to this podcast, I'd look at my Instagram and, if I were to do the math, 98% of my followers are women. <laughs> the guys are like and friends. I wonder if it's also because um, men may view seeking out guidance or seeking out assistance or looking at podcasts about herpes as a form of weakness. Yeah. Because that's how I felt for those two years where I was isolated, man. I isolated myself because I was like, I don't need any help. Whereas secretly on the inside, I was dying man like i was really really getting crushed it takes a level of courage those blokes out there to step into that vulnerability you know that's another form that's another box that society's placed over instead of herpes now it's around men it's another box where men are like i must do this myself because i'm a man yeah. You know, and it's like, bro, you're more of a man when you're real. I forget the philosopher or scientist, someone said this, but it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor is it the most intelligent, but the most adaptable. And if we don't get our shit together and become adaptable in this instance, it's like that macho shit doesn't work anymore. That being the biggest, the strongest, like we don't need to hunt <laughs> anymore. We need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to empathize. Like We need to be able to build communities so that we can create functional systems in society to where, okay, you know, you have your doctor, your healers, your medicines, your gardeners, your hunters, your soldiers, and your artists, all of these things. Like, we need to be able to collaborate with these kinds of people. We can't be, I'm stronger than you, so do what I say. Make this kind of art. Make this kind of food. Grow these vegetables. Uh, Fix me this way. Give me medicine. You know, that shit just doesn't work anymore. So hopefully... Our conversation is going to put out a light to more men to be able to be vulnerable. Come on this podcast. Talk to us about your experience with herpes. Talk to us about, you know, your experience in the masculine. Be vulnerable here. Like, that shit is okay for, like, the purpose of talking like a dude. If I'm talking to dudes who are just not at this point of realization yet. Putting it simplest terms, I've had more opportunities for sexual experiences after becoming vulnerable. After talking about this after becoming open and just like living in my own truth and being able to say hey i'm having an emotional response to a thing and here's how i feel about it i'm finding that to be something that's been most attractive to the women who've been in my life than me having big muscles or a nice smile or a good haircut or nice shoes on you gotta be able to tap into that shit man and the sooner yeah. you can get into it, like the more fulfilling of a life that you can have. It's yeah. not about the quantity of partners that you're going to have, but it's about the quality. You're going to bring in higher quality people into your life and higher quality situations and more high quality opportunities that you'll be able to recognize once you're able to experience and sit with that vulnerability and be able to express it into the world. Yeah, right? Mic's drop. <laughs> Aaron, I just talked a lot there, but I wanted to make sure to give you the space to say anything else that you wanted to say. Like, we've had a very lengthy, productive, efficient conversation here. Is there anything else that you wanted to say that I didn't get to ask you? Man, I could talk about this for hours and hours. We've got a lot. Maybe we could get a bit more specific next time down a certain path. What we can do is um, get the listeners involved here. So if you've listened to this episode till now and you've heard Aaron and I speak about a lot of different things, whoever you are, any person who can hear this and talk to us, 
Let us know if there are specific questions that you have, if there is more details that you want on any particular subject that we've covered in this podcast. I'm more than happy to have Aaron come back on here and we can talk specifically about that in an upcoming episode. So it's nothing for us to get together and do a YouTube video or we can do a live video. But if there's something that you want us to dive deeper into, please let us know. And man, I'm willing and able to go anywhere. Like any question you ask, I will answer it to the, the, the truest that I can, gladly. How can people find you? Probably the best place to find me is um, Instagram, which is Aaron Sager underscore, or YouTube, just search for Aaron Sager. There's gonna, I'm going to put up some content there. Um, or Facebook, Aaron Sager, you know? Oh, <laughs> all man. The, all the same shit. So. Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll wait to hear back from people and we'll definitely get together again. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate yes. you coming on here and sharing everything that you just shared with us, especially the part about the vulnerable aspect of this. I think no one's heard a guy specifically say, yeah, I didn't disclose and I couldn't get it up. And like there were these mental blocks and all that kind of stuff. So if nothing else, we're probably going to get some feedback about that. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, this concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People with Aaron Sager. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr and Reddit at H on My Chest. Please don't forget, just write to us and let us know what you liked about this episode. If there's anything that you wanted us to cover more deeply, just shoot me a message, again, anywhere on any social media platform. Or you can leave a review and say specifically, hey, you guys talked about this. I want to hear more of that. The reviews are very helpful in growing this podcast and getting it in front of people who need it when they need it, right away after a diagnosis, as soon as possible. Support this emotional aftercare resource for people who are newly diagnosed with an STI just by leaving a review, share with someone if you know someone who's struggling with a diagnosis or if there's someone you want to disclose to don't hesitate to use this resource there's plenty of episodes i try to be as descriptive in the title as i possibly can about what's in the episode to make it easier for you to pick through and sort through what's most relevant to your situation at that point in time we talk a lot on something positive for positive people about the self and what that looks like when you're able to let go of thinking about what other people are going to think about you because of your diagnosis. And when you're able to let that go, how freeing it is to where you're almost glowing in a way that allows for the people who are supposed to be in your life to recognize you and make their way towards you, or you even find yourself gravitating more towards them or the light shining through you reflects off of them so that they're easier to find and you become more attracted to one another. Now, when I say this, I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about romance. I'm talking about any type of connection to the world around you that aligns with who you are and who you believe yourself to be. And we have a lot of tools for connecting. And once you are at a place where you've let go and you're ready to be out there and available for who those people are, then I encourage you to check out Dating Positives. And it's a dating platform that's catered to you for you to find love, sex, romance, friendship, and overall community. So go and check that out, datingpositives.com. And I also want you guys to check out the Waxo blog. It's W-A-X-O-H. And you can find that on W-A-X-O-H.com. You'll see a lot of the writing that I've contributed to the blog. Um, I talked about community as a cure. And you gotta you gotta read that one. Don't think that a cure for herpes is community. Um, and I also talk about my personal experience with sex after my own herpes diagnosis. So you should go there and check that out. I talk a little bit here and there throughout episodes of the podcast, but it's not about me. It's always about the guests. So anytime I get to share anything about just myself, um, I'm overwhelmed to be able to do it. And I put it up on everything. Uh, I put everything out there because, you know, when I talk, the filter just doesn't stop at all. Um, so check that out. Uh, share it. Uh, peep it. The whole blog is really just an additional resource on sexual health and wellness and the latest on lifestyle and culture. And um, if you remember correctly, we talked about the call line 833-YAS-LOVE, which is 833-927-5683, where they have that voicemail set up for you to be able to call in and answer the question that is posted, which right now is what's the most awkward conversation that you've had about sex. So please go check that out. Follow Dating Positives. Check out the 
Waxo blog if you want to check out some more of my content and just my personal story and any of uh, a more detail of personal experiences because I'm a way better writer in my opinion and I am a talker. So check that out. And again, don't forget to call in or you can just DM Dating Positives at Dating Positives on social media and answer that question, letting them know what the most awkward conversation is that you've had about sex. Till next time, stay positive.